If you haven't left Twitter yet, what's keeping you? You will have noticed the timeline filling up with posts from non-humans. It's happening on Mastodon too, by the way. And we're not just talking bots here. From sets of surreal images or crazy movies generated by AI or most recently texts created with the help of chat GPT, generative AIs of various flavors are busy supplanting good old-fashioned handmade content. What's going on here? I asked culture file tech soothsayer Professor Ashlyn Kelleher. Oh yeah, and what is generative AI? There's a, there is a lot going on and the generative is the exciting part. It's not just, you know, it's the idea that these algorithms are creating art, allegedly, by training them on prior art. Right? So the creative output of humans is being used to train algorithms to, I guess, mimic that um, creativity. So the simplest example would be there's, you know, it's been flooding over social media in particular, the idea of using text to image generation. So you can put in a piece of text and the more surreal, the better. Like I've seen ones that are like marks being covered in slime on Nickelodeon. You can input that as a text and it will generate a fairly convincing image of the great marks indeed being covered in slime, looking like he's on a children's television show. What exactly is it when you say they're using uh, images from the internet? What does using mean in this case? So what they're specifically using are text and image pairs. So the idea that when you see perhaps an image that is in a newspaper article or rendered and available on the web, that you look at the surrounding text around it, which gives you some context about our inference about what might be in the image. You know, obviously this is something that comes about through web accessibility as well, that we try and use the alt tag to describe what is in the image, which is useful for people who use screen readers. Um, for example, for blind users or people with low sight, that it will actually read out to the user what specifically is being depicted in the image. So this is a way that you might get like, oh, you know, it's a footballer Mo Salah you know, scoring a penalty. And so we have many, many images because he's so great of him scoring penalties. Basically, by looking at actually like millions and millions of these images, you can do uh, analysis of them like at the pixel level of like what exactly makes up an image that depicts somebody successfully scoring a penalty, right? Obviously, you're going to get a goal, so maybe a goalkeeper, there's going to be two people in it. And there's so many images of this that it can be used to train a model that can quite successfully generate um, a response to a text input. Now, there's a very interesting phenomenon called prompt engineering that I've recently become familiar with as to like how you can best massage the, the, the phrasing of the text that you input to generate either, you know, the most aesthetically pleasing image or something that's actually, you know, very humorous. That it's not just generating an image, but you can generate an image that has a very particular style to it. Which has caused its own, its own problems because people have created filters without the knowledge of the artist, which will let the machine produce work in their style. Yeah, I mean, it's a, a recent case that Andy Bio, who's a very famous kind of internet um, speaker and, and thinker, uh, wrote about on his blog, waxy.org, where he's talking about um, Holly Mengert, who's a, a illustrator. She does a lot of children's literature, just character development for games. And she has a very attractive style that is clearly very oriented around making very child-friendly images using one of the stable diffusion, which is created by Stability AI, there's a particular user on Reddit just took maybe like by 20 of her images and was able to use that using Stable Diffusion's um, platform to train a model, a Dreambooth model that could render graphics, generate graphics 
that approximated her style. And this was very odd in some ways, because initially people were like, wow, that's an amazing model. It's really cool. Like, try this person now. And then slowly the conversation on Reddit turned around, like, does the artist know you did this? <laughs> does the artist want this? And how does the artist feel about this, particularly if it's an artist who's not necessarily, you know, at the Picasso level or at the like, hey, this looks like a Disney thing. So what Andy Bio did was reach out to her and go, hey, what do you think of this? And surprisingly enough, she was not particularly happy about this because she didn't give permission for it. And also she didn't particularly enjoy the art you know, that was created. It seemed to lack you know, for better for a better word, maybe that aura, like the Walter Benjamin idea of of her original art. And the person who generated it was like, well, it's out there now. Like this is possible. Why not do that? And that brings up many, many issues that are coming about. Like as we move from generative two-dimensional images to generative video to generative audio is, is all on the way. What does that mean when you're, you know, creating uh unsavory images or, or taking people's particular image, it could be a celebrity, but what happens when it's like, oh, it's my neighbor that I don't like or a colleague I don't like. Now I'm going to generate these images or videos and, and, and ruin their lives potentially. And this is particularly kind of interesting in this new era with things like the company behind Stability AI, because a lot of the work that's been done by AI has been, in AI has been done, uh, you know, through OpenAI at the behest of of uh, Google or Meta or some other large conglomerate. But now the feeling is that, that there's, a, there's a sort of paradigm shift in how generative AI will be made available to people. Yeah, this is what's particularly interesting. The idea being that, oh, you don't need to have a supercomputer or there isn't this middle person, this middleman, this platform that you have to use to generate it. Who Who is actually going to be responsible for the artificially created media. And in this case, there's slightly different approaches to that with OpenAI, which, which have created Dolly 2, where initially, you know, they own the, the, the copyright on the images that created it, but they will license them to kind of recognized individuals. Okay, so then they have a whole series of kind of rules and regulations about not creating work that has anything to do with like pornography, not creating work that uh, uses celebrities or people that are, are images of people that you don't have permission as a licensee to use. When it comes to something like stability AI, now we're talking about a very different model. This is an open source approach where you can download this software to your own computer and basically, according to them, do whatever you want. So what you're seeing is a lot of things have been generated with this capability. And I'm a big believer in like, oh, tools for the masses is great. But what happens when there's kind of an abdication of responsibility about anything that is created with those tools? Who, who, who's going to be responsible for this? This, this is, is complex. And I think that we're the same way that if we develop tools that allow us to generate, you know, artificially and replicate a person, whether their image or their voice or their movement, we also would probably need to develop tools that can verify, right? And, and, and let us know that this is a simulation and not something that is authentic. And then, you know, that becomes a gatekeeping thing that maybe people say like, well, I do want to look at the simulation, but at least I'm aware that it's a simulation. Um, and perhaps then you will have people who could, you can license how you move. I mean, I see certain basketball players, for example, that the way they shoot a basketball, I'm like, I'd love to create an image of me doing that. And if they could license that and I could kind of replicate that, that would look cool, no? Um, 
So I think there's opportunities there both to be, you know, the generator of this, but also the gatekeeper. I'm into regulation now, apparently. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Professor Ashling Kelleher there from her desk at USC School of Cinematic Arts, Los Angeles, on Made Up Stuff.